Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our gospel this morning is entirely the words of Jesus, and it's really a response to a question from the disciples. The disciples were with Jesus privately up on the Mount of Olives, and they want to know about the end of the world. And they ask him when it's coming. And Jesus, he tells them just what to expect at the end, and all the signs that will accompany the close of the age. The end of the age will come upon them according to the words of our Lord when they see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place. The end of the age will be upon them when they see false prophets and false Christs popping up all over the place, leading folks away from the saving gospel. The end of the age will come upon them when they see the whole world falling into apostasy, forsaking the holy faith, and all falling away. In many ways, this is the primary sign of the end times, apostasy, unbelief. Now we are prone to think of the signs of the end of this age as all future events, way out on the distant horizon, but they're not. How could we have any doubt that we are living in the end times right now and right here? Apostasy is everywhere. The churches in Europe are empty. The beautiful Gothic cathedrals that once held choirs and daily masses, many of them have become museums. They are now paid for and sponsored by the state so folks can peer into some relics of a more primitive religion way back when people feared God and held some superstitious beliefs about sacrifice and sacraments. Even in our own country, apostasy is all around. We live in evil days. In all likelihood, the age of Sodom and Gomorrah was a golden age compared to our own. Pornography is a plague more widespread and more dangerous and deadly than the world has ever known. It dehumanizes men and women. It opens the door wide for Satan and his demons to march right in and to torture and to hurt the soul. We've become accepting of abortion. We're used to it even. We are numb to the fact that we kill for a one-night stand. And we have the nerve to call the butchers doctors and nurses. Oh, these are evil days. The family and the authority of fathers and mothers is called into question by our politicians. Patriarchy. You know, that old antiquated idea that fathers should rule and govern and love and defend their families is held to be an oppressive doctrine, a heresy not to be tolerated. Hormone therapy is given to young people struggling through puberty to transition, or it is forced upon those much younger. It is so horrible for me, even right now, to speak of such things at all. Our schools and higher education 
once dedicated to the glory of God, have turned into propaganda centers for a hodgepodge of secular humanism, nihilism, and atheism. Oh, we could go on, but we don't have to. But let us be clear, because the greatest evil of all, the greatest abomination of all, is what takes place daily in the sinful human heart. That's you and me, by the way. For Christ himself says, For out of the heart come all evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. And we have acted on them all. Abominations abound within us all. There's an old cartoon character named Pogo, way before my own time. Some of you um, may get it. But he once popularized a wartime phrase. He said, we have finally met the enemy, and the enemy is us. For Christians looking out in the world, it is the acknowledgement to say, I am the problem. I am the sinner. I have despised the word of the Lord. I have been hateful to God and my neighbor. And the world, which is collapsing and coming undone at the seams, that is also my work. We should repent. We should reform our lives. We should work to make the world a better place, more hospitable, and in conformity with God's will. We should start with our own families. We should work to end abortion. We should work and pray to make such evil unthinkable to others. We should defend children. We should live not by lies. And we should always tell the truth. But deliverance from this evil age is ultimately not political, nor is it social or even cultural. It is eschatological. It is Christological. It is an end times deal when at last we will be finally free from all sin and corruption. So we pray that Jesus would come quickly, come quickly and save us as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in summary that our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation. And finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. This morning, let's be clear. The abomination of desolation is not ultimately a statue of a pagan god or a Roman emperor set up in the Jewish temple, which so many commentators and theologians point to. No, the abomination of desolation is the one true God hanging dead upon a Roman cross. Because at the cross, every abomination of sinful man, everything heinous and ugly in the world, and everything heinous and ugly in you, was all borne by him right there. He who knew no sin became sin. He became the incarnation of sin itself. He was whipped and lacerated. He was wounded for our transgressions. 
bruised for our iniquities, and he bore the punishment and the full brunt of God's anger until not a single drop of God's wrath or anger remained. Christ, he suffered and he died. And he paid the price for your redemption, also that the world might be saved through him. Therefore, this morning, whatever wicked deed troubles you right now, whatever it is that is ugly in you, whatever sin of your youth still terrifies you, you better believe that Christ triumphed over it all, that it is all forgiven by that holy and precious blood that covers you. Jesus, he ends his discourse today with these words. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Our ESV translation says vulture, but the word really means eagles instead. And that makes sense, because when Jesus died for your sins, he was surrounded on the cross by the Roman standard and insignia, the eagle which did just that, encircle his corpse. That was an abomination, if there ever was one. But in that ugly and heinous scene, God was doing something supremely beautiful, making all things new. Wherever the corpse is, there the eagles will gather, Jesus said. That is, wherever his body is, there the Christians will gather. What a beautiful picture of the church. Eating his body and drinking his blood and rising up to live with God forever. Isaiah the prophet says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Wherever the body is, There the eagles will gather. Wherever the risen Christ is present, there the Christians will gather round, around his word and blessed sacrament, where he promises to come again and yet comes even now. Dear Christians, this morning, Jesus, he marks you with his own insignia, a sign of the Holy Cross, both upon your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. I know that when you look around at the world and when you examine your own heart, it is filled with abominations, things that make you recoil at the sight of them. But when you look at the cross, you see God's power, you see his forgiveness, and you see his love for you, which even death cannot destroy. Someday, when the trumpets blast and Christ and his angels descend from heaven, this unbelieving world will wake up in horror to discover that everything we Christians have taught and confessed is all true. But for us, called by faith in the gospel, it will be a glad and awesome day, for Christ will usher in a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And so very quickly, right before our eyes like lightning, everything will suddenly be made right. For we will be raised up in glory to meet the Lord in the air.
We will fly up like eagles from our graves. And so we will always be with the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.